Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Selena. Together, we are moms to five children, including two sets of twins. At Tweet Dreams, we are passionate about helping families achieve the peaceful night's rest they deserve because we were formerly overwhelmed and sleep deprived ourselves. We love nothing more than helping families achieve their specific sleep goals so the whole family can be rested and thriving. On this podcast, you'll not just hear about sleep related topics, we'll chat about how it started, where we are today, and the experiences that have shaped us as mothers of twins. We hope you'll enjoy listening to the ups and downs, the highs and lows, and everything in between. Welcome back to Twin Life with Tweet Dreams. Today, we're going to talk about sickness, right? Sickness with our kids, how we're managing that as moms and moms to twins. I think like the first thing we were chatting about earlier is what do you do when your twins are sick? Because, Or like, let's say when one's sick and you don't want the other one to get sick. At some ages, it's easier to sort of referee that, but it kind of like the stage that you're at, like the twos, that's kind of hard. We can share our experiences, how we've coped, how we manage sickness. Do you try to keep your kids, like let's say one has a runny nose or cough, are you doing anything extra to sort of prevent? I used to, but I'm not going to lie, I don't anymore. It's just not worth it. I remember when they had COVID, they had COVID twice so far and the first time, even the second time when I like knew it was COVID, I was like, oh, let's try and separate them and you know, minimize the risk. But in my household, at least, it's just near impossible to do that. The kids are so little, they don't understand yet that, you know, you should cover your mouth when you sneeze or when you cough. My son is 13 months, he's teething, he's drooling all over the place. Okay, like, I can't stop that. They constantly drink out of each other's waters. And I don't love that. Um, I really don't like that, even though they're siblings. But I just try and reinforce as much as I can, you know, when they're sick or when they're not sick, we drink out of our own water, but I can only do so much. So I'm definitely a little bit better about this now than I was before. I'd say like, you know, when they were younger and it was like the first couple of colds or viruses that they got, I was like, oh my God, we got to put like one in this room and one in the other room and, you know, try and just do all this crazy stuff to, to make sure that the other one doesn't get it. But you know what happened every single time? They both got it every single time. I, yeah, they always both get a cold or they both get this or that, or, and now I have three kids, so, you know, he'll get it. And it's kind of just like a sequence of events and I'm just see myself waiting for the future to unfold. I kind of feel like a little bit of a a psychic when the kids get sick because (laughs) I I just, I just know what's going to happen next. Right. I know Um, you sort of go doom and gloom a little bit. You're like, Oh, Great. The whole family's going to get it. I'm like, just calm yep. down. You don't know that. Oh, You're like, I'm yes, the worst. I do. <laughs> oh, I'm the worst. I'll just say it right now. Like, I'm totally the worst. When my kids are sick, I hate it. And I don't think anybody likes it, but I definitely go down a rabbit hole. I don't like it because I know everybody else is going to get sick. Maybe my husband and I included. And that sucks because then we're going to be sick taking care of kids and of course like it definitely matters like what kind of illness we're talking about right right like a little cold we can all power through right including the kids but i think for me a lot of the time like doesn't everything start off as a little cold right like mm-hmm. within reason right like doesn't every every like viral thing kind of like start with a little runny nose and then it either stays like that 
or it gets worse, (laughs) you know? And all of our kids are different, right? I think I heard this quote once, what gives Peter a cold might put Patrick in the hospital. And that like really resonated with me because all children are different. All people are different. And you don't know if somebody's kid has some underlying illness, um, asthma or something else that mm-hmm. your child's simple, like runny nose that you thought was really just a runny nose. And then you brought him or her to a play group and he sneezed on somebody else's kid who is immunocompromised or, you know, has, has been in the hospital multiple times for RSV or this or that, you know, I kind of sometimes find myself going through like rabbit holes of like, oh, is this just a cold or is this going to be an ear infection? Is this COVID? Is this the flu? What are we dealing with here? How many days do we have to stay home? Like, it's not good, but I'm working through it. And you're like so helpful with this just because your kids are older, right? So like by default, they've kind of been through a little bit more illnesses and normal kid stuff than mine have. Um, So shout out to you for dealing with me. (laughs) No, you're totally fine. I'm glad I can be there for you because I know how hard it is. And yes, we have been through everything. Like my kids have had everything. And we sort of had a different experience where I feel like each of my twins is like more susceptible to different things, if that makes sense. And they don't share everything. Like, I don't know how they got these immune systems that fight off different Mm -hmm. things. Like Paige has had RSV, her sister hasn't. Like Bryn's had the flu twice, maybe three times. Paige has never had the flu. That's Um, wild to me. Wow. I know. Pages Good luck, I think, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Bryn might have had strep when she was like a toddler, but Paige has had it three times in recent Oof. years. And I'm just going to say right now that strep is the worst. Like, I hate it. And so if I even think that she's getting it, I am like sweating. I'm texting my husband. Like, if she even starts to like say her throat hurts, I'm like, Okay, well, uh, did you? Are you hungry? Because anytime she gets it, she won't eat, which is not mm-hmm. this girl's personality. She's like eating every twenty minutes. This girl loves to eat, <laughs> but like it has these very identifiable um, symptoms, and it'll turn your kid into somebody completely different that you don't recognize. And that's my. This is the only illness I can speak about that, and like going through that. And she even had RSV. Like she had some pretty serious stuff. And I think just with strep, and I know, you know, lots of kids are getting their tonsils out or they just are like carriers for it. Or if they come into contact with it, like they're getting it no matter what. So I definitely am feeling very anxious as I get into cold and flu season because I just don't want that for her. But we'll, we'll, we'll sort of see what happens. But yeah, I'm I'm here for you. I've had strep myself, I think twice in my life when I was younger and I vividly remember it being um, very painful and very challenging um, for my parents as well. Yep. So, um, you know, all yep. the power to you that you were able to get through that and get her the medicine and everything she needs needed. Yeah. I mean, the good thing about strep is it you can treat it with antibiotics. You just have exactly. to catch it. My problem with my daughter is she's um, intolerant to penicillin. And so that already reduces what type of antibiotics she can take. And this last time that she had strep, we go and get her typical antibiotic and it didn't even touch it. And I was like, 
you know, cause I messaged the doctor. I'm okay. like, this isn't working. And, and as you know, if your kid has strep and you treat them with antibiotics, it's like night and day, like a couple Works. hours after yeah. that antibiotic gets, gets in, they are feeling better and she wasn't. And so he's like, okay, we're going to have to go with a different one, which just makes me spiral and say, mm-hmm. is she going what to become, this doesn't work. Yeah. What if that does, like, then what are we going to do? I antibiotic totally get it. resistance. What are her options? So that's like an added layer. And then I think with like social media, you get online or you look on like your local mom's Facebook and like some lady saying that like strep is going around or the stomach bug. And I'm just like, why am I reading this? Mm-hmm. You know, I know I'm it just, the same. it's not good for my mental health. It right? really isn't. Yeah, no, thank goodness my kids knock on wood, haven't had strep yet, but I know they're kind of a little bit young for that. My kids also are not in a daycare setting or like a preschool setting yet. Um, they're they're still young and we have a nanny that helps me at home. So I feel fortunate in that regard. Um, but they're just not exposed to as much as like maybe kids that are in daycare are by default, right? Like it's normal. Kids get together and illnesses happen. Like everybody knows that. It's just really hard for me to deal with that. You know, my kids, they definitely get out, but definitely not as much as um, kids that go to daycare every day or, or parents that bring their kids to play groups like a couple times a week. And I just don't do that a lot. Um, my kids definitely have like a few play groups that we go to a couple times a month. We go to zoos. Um, I'm really, really big on outdoor time. Um, I just like love it for little kids. My kids like love doing nature walks and just being with nature, chasing bunnies. Like they just love mm-hmm. this stuff. So I, I want to embrace it for them at this age where like I can simply be like, let's go pick flowers. And they're like, yeah, let's do that. It's so cool. And I'm like, yes, this is great. <laughs> and actually, it's funny we're talking about this right now because last Friday, yep. So we're recording this on a Thursday. So last Friday, I brought my kids to this little art class play group thing that they have near where I live once a month. It's great. It's at a great time. Um, and I only bring the twins and I leave the baby with my nanny or my husband. And there was a visibly sick child at this playgroup thing. Like, visible, like not just like sneezing a couple times and you're like, eh, maybe it was allergies or something. No, he was, he, he had something. I, I could see it a mile away. Okay. It was like runny nose, coughing, sneezing, crying. He was maybe like 15 months or something. Yeah, you like know, the he kid wanted was his miserable. mom. Oh yeah, he was like not happy. And I think the mother went more for the toddler because she had an older toddler, maybe like three years old, and she brought the baby with her. And who knows what this lady's life is like? Who knows what she's going through? She probably just needed to leave the house, you know, not like really judging, but you know, I kind of am because I don't like to bring my kids out when they're sick for other kids and parents, right? Because going back to what we just said, you never know what other kids are going through. Like a little cold for somebody might be like RSV for somebody else. So exactly. spoiler, spoiler alert. My kids got a cold. Yeah. I, I know you can't you pinpoint where kids get stuff. And like, listen, we went to Target that week. Okay. But if I had to bet, I, I think it was from this little play group thing. Close quarters, indoors. Oh, it's the art cold. And I think, knock on wood, it is just a cold, okay? Like, everyone's fine. We don't have fevers. Mm -hmm. Like, we're good. We're building the immunity, as I like to call it. But yeah, it's like irritating to me. Like, when I take my kids out and they're fine, 
and then they catch something. It's just like, oh, I just, I really, I can't. I know. I got to get better about this. No, I, no, you're fine. And I think an art class is, like you said, who knows what kind of day this mom had. Like she had maybe been looking forward to this class for like a month, right? I'm sure. And so yeah. she went. And that's just one like perspective about it. And if we think about school and daycare if you're putting your children in daycare like i'm here for you like try not to worry everything's gonna be okay your kids are going to get sick and we'll talk a little bit more about that like my experience but it's not like it once was i mean if generally speaking if a child is going into daycare both of the parents are working okay right and in the united states we our sick leave, our PTO, it's all mm-hmm. a mess. It's like non-existent, so, but yeah. <laughs> back when I was a kid, if I was sick, I just stayed home with my mom, right? I stayed home from school, right? And we didn't go back until we were feeling better. Whereas you're sort of like, okay, he's been fever-free for 24 hours because that's the those are the guidelines typically. But that doesn't mean your child is not contagious. Right? Oh, 100%, they still have green yeah. slime coming out of their nose. They're going to pass this along. And I was telling you, Stelina, the other day, I kick myself all the time. Like when my kids were toddlers, so they started daycare at 15 months and they weren't potty trained yet. So I probably wasn't washing their hands enough, right? Like until my kids really started to use the restroom. Now I'm like a cereal hand washer and I'm probably giving them the complex, <laughs> but like when they come home from school and I'm kind of proud of this, I don't even have to tell them. They go and they wash their hands as soon as they get home. And I think that's life-changing. <laughs> but Oh, amazing. When they were that little, you know, yeah, you try to like wipe wipe down their hands with a um alcohol mm-hmm. wipe or whatever, hand sanitizer, but I probably wasn't washing their hands enough and I feel like that's something I like my little like piece of advice. Wash those toddlers' hands because Oh yeah. They're, they're always their dirty. Nose, they're in they're their always mouth, dirty. <laughs> they're in their pants, right? But yeah, we made it through the rite of passage where your toddlers, where your child's immune system gets wreaked havoc upon. And I remember going to my pediatrician for probably the, I don't even know, 12th time, right? Times two. Well, probably total. And be like, crying, tears in my eyes. And I said, what is wrong with my children? What's wrong with them? What did I do? I felt so incredibly terrible. And he just looked at me and said, this is just what it looks like right? to get your children exposed, not necessarily at an art class, but at a public daycare. Location, right? Yes. Yeah. Where they're coming day after day, they're using the bathroom, they're eating, right? And we started daycare on January 5th, I'm going to say. And it wasn't like I was like, oh, no, let's just wait until the springtime because... I'd been on this wait list for two years. And so I just had to take what was given to me. And my kids were sick until the middle of May. I'm not exaggerating. So months. They were they yeah. were sick for almost six months until they got tubes placed in their ears. We went through over 12 ear infections. We had RSV with Paige, uh, where we didn't end up in the emergency room because she had like strider. Um, She didn't end up getting admitted, which is great, but they did monitor her for a couple hours. But we, like I said, we had strep. We had every random virus you can think of that would turn into an ear infection. 
uh, flu, you name it, we had it. And when your kids are sick, you'll do anything to be like, give it to me. I'll be sick. Like, I just want my spunky, happy little child back. And you just, you feel so helpless. I think that's really something that I struggle with. Like I said, there's almost six going in. They're just started kindergarten. And I'm just like waiting on pins and needles over here. You know, well, hopefully they've built a coat of armor um, from what you've just oh. said. Um, I know my kids are probably at like a slight disadvantage because when they do go to school, they don't have that coat of armor, you know, that they will get these things. I've, I've talked to other parents about this kind of stuff too. And it's kind of not you know, if it will happen, it's almost just like when, you know, by not sending your kids to daycare, maybe like staying home a little bit more than other people, maybe like I do, because I have three kids under three. So like, not only do I not want them to get sick, it's like, honestly, really hard to get out of the door some of the days too. So mm-hmm. I don't want people to think, you know, we just stay home all day just because we don't want to get sick. No, it's just, we, it's the season of life we're in. Um, and eventually we will go out more. But yeah, something that helps me is just like having a really amazing pediatrician who I love. I don't know about you, but my pediatrician, I, I love this woman. Um, you know, I, I've <laughs> gone when the kids had ear infections, like six months ago, I was there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because one girl had it. And then, oh, I'm sorry. I was there twice in one day one time because one girl what? had it. No, I'm serious. She had it. And then I was like, oh my God, she has a double ear infection. How did I miss this? Gave her the medicine. Then I get home. My nanny's like, eh, this is the baby. I don't know. He doesn't, he doesn't look too good. He's cranky, this and that. And I was like, you know, if I need the medication, I'm just gonna, I'd rather go now. And my pediatrician's great. I was able to message them. They were like, just come back, just come in at like two o'clock. I brought the baby and he had an ear infection too. So at least I felt like I wasn't wasting their time. And then I think a couple of days later, I brought my other twin in and she just had like a, a virus. She didn't get the ear infection part of it, um, which is funny how that happens. Like, I still don't really understand ear infections too much and how some kids are prone to them and some aren't, but luckily she was spared from the ear ear part anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like having that pediatrician who I took my kids um, the other day for their two and a half year old appointment and I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, hopefully we won't see you soon, but we might, I don't know. And she was just like, we are here for you if you need to right. come here and you don't feel bad, you're not annoying. Um I'd rather you come here and me tell you everything's fine and check their ears or whatever else you want me to check instead of you like sitting at home worrying. And I'm like, this is why this lady is our pediatrician because she just gets me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, find a provider that understands you, doesn't judge you, doesn't make you feel any shame. I mean, I've not with my children's health, but with my own health, I've seen providers who did not understand me or what was going on with me. And it's a terrible feeling to not mm-hmm. feel like your your health or your concerns are being validated. So I love that for you. I also have a very, very amazing pediatrician who will literally call me on the phone, right? He's been known to do that, which that's not typical. And so I love him for that. And I took Brent in recently for like nothing that was like serious, but just something that had me like scratching my head, you mm-hmm. know, and I just wanted him to like know about it. And he just made me feel really heard and told me not to worry. And, you know, 
even to that, like you want to find somebody that knows you, knows your kids. And with any practice, there's going to be like a PA or an NP. And sometimes you don't want to see them. Like you want to see the pediatrician that knows you, knows your kids. So right, love, a love, love a good pediatric practice. What does sleep look like when your kids are sick? Talk to me about that. So when I think back on that period of time when we were so ill, back-to-back reoccurring ear infections, irises, et cetera, they slept a ton. There was times in my kids were independent sleepers, which means we did our bedtime routine. I would put them in the crib and I would say, love you, good night, see you in the morning, right? And that's that was our routine. I don't know how, but my kids continued to sleep through the night even when sick. There was not a lot of memories that are coming up for me where I was up all night with the child unless they were vomiting, right? But if we're talking about stuffy noses and things like that, like I might have to give Tylenol, you know, just to ebb a fever in the middle of the night, but that wasn't really them sort of waking up and looking for it. And I remember distinctly one time Bryn was really, really sick. And it was like two hours before her nap time. Let's say it was like nine o'clock in the morning and she's just miserable. And I can tell she wants to go to sleep. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just like put her in the rocking chair and we'll snuggle and she'll go to sleep. And she just was like miserable. So I'm like, okay. So I take her upstairs and put her in her crib and she was asleep before I even took a step to walk away. She was just like, lady, put me in my bed. (laughs) You know, that's where I want to be. And I think that night she slept like 15 hours. Like she went to bed at 5.30 and I ended up waking her up at like 8.30 the next day because I'm like, she needs fluids and things like that. So those are some things that stick out to me for sure. Now in later years, like let's say when we have like a stomach virus and this is just what works for us. And I hate puke just as much as the next lady. Um, I had like an aversion to throwing up when I was a child. Like I was one of those kids where it was like, well, I threw up on Christmas Eve. Now I'm going to throw up on every Christmas Eve. Like that's oh, like, yeah, the worst, you know, or I, yeah. I ate tacos. Now I'm going to, you know, so I was one of those Never kids. Never again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and when I'm, I'm like, why didn't somebody just explain to me that it was like a, a germ? And actually right. like once you get it, you're like actually good about not getting it for like a couple of years because you just had it kind of thing. And maybe my mom did explain that to me, but I, I wasn't listening. But anyways, when my kids were still in a crib and they would like, let's say be vomiting, I would put them, this is where that twin pack and play really came back into play is it, it had like a higher weight rating. And so it could hold a two-year-old, it could hold a three-year-old. And so I would use that because when your kid's throwing up, you want to be close. Mm-hmm. Even at almost six, if it, my child is throwing up, she's sleeping on a pallet in front of the toilet and like I'm in the guest bed because right? Like, yeah, it's really I don't know hard. what you That's did as a worst. kid, but I... Yeah, no, my parents were near me in those moments too. Mm-hmm. That's what we kind of do going forward. And really the only times that we have not slept well when sick are with vomiting and or when Paige has strep because another symptom of strep is actually vomiting. And so that yeah. would happen. But otherwise, knock on wood, they sleep pretty well when they're sick, we don't go through like big regressions. I know recently when my daughter was sick and we slept in the guest room together, the next night I go to put her to bed and she's like, can you sleep up here with me again tonight? And I was like, (laughs) oh, I was like, no, baby, we all sleep in our own rooms. I sleep there with you and you're sick. And she's like, okay. And that was fine. You know, and she was like, moved on. Yeah. 
Hey girl, are you tired? Not only tired from lack of sleep, but tired from searching all over the internet for sleep advice that's specific to your twins? Here at Tweet Dreams, we know that twin-specific advice and routines should be easy to find and access, and that's why we are a one-stop shop for you as a sleep resource. Our blog is chock full of advice for twins when it comes to naps, night weaning, sleeping through the night, and so much more. Not sure where to start? Be sure to grab our free twin sleep guide available for download today. This guide will walk you through an optimal bedtime routine, how to keep them synced throughout the day, and how to keep a routine going. As twin moms, we know how special those breaks are and we want you to have them. Check out the show notes to grab your copy. I can say like the same or very similar for my children. Obviously, my children are a lot younger. Um, They're two and a half, the twins, and my son's 13 months. And um, I've definitely had to give them Tylenol in the middle of the night or Motrin. They've all had COVID. The first time the twins had COVID was very scary. One of my daughters had a temperature up to 105. And that was oh just, my gosh. you know, I, that's another thing. I don't even know if I trust thermometers. I don't even know which one to use anymore. It's like, mm. is this right? Is this not right? And then I find myself like checking it a million times, which like, if you'll talk to a pediatrician, most of them are just like, okay, is there a fever or is there not? Like, sometimes it doesn't really matter how high it is. Um, Just like manage it if it is high, but like, it's an immune response. So Mm -hmm. I remember... Do you use like a forehead, ear? What's your favorite? So I've been using forehead because it's the easiest, but I also think it's like the most unreliable. I like the ear one, but it's challenging to use at this age sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. So generally I'll use forehead and just be like fever versus not fever and try not to read into the number too much but like something like 105 i'm like okay is it like really 105 or is it like 107 or is it 103 like what what is it um and i remember i talked to the pediatrician this amazing woman she called me back at like 5 a.m when i messaged them and i was like she has a 105 like i'm really worried and she was like i'm not she was like, just keep monitoring, keep giving her Tylenol, keep giving her Motrin. It was a Friday. She was like, if you want to come in, we're here, but we're we're probably not going to tell you anything different than what I'm telling you to do right now. You know, stay on top of the hydration, you know, just monitor her symptoms. Like we know she has COVID. We tested her, right? Right. So that was like really challenging um, those few days. But then I will say the second time they got COVID was totally different. And I don't know if that has to do with like them having some immunity towards it or what. They like were completely infected pretty much. So I was like, wow, this virus is just really weird. And I don't even want to like get on a tangent about COVID because I kind of want to forget that whole thing even happened. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's just like pivoting with the kids sleep uh when they're sick right i think it's okay to have like a little bit lower expectations um about the night i know i personally have a lot of anxiety with my kids health obviously um and when they're sick i kind of have a lot of anxiety about their sleep because i want them to sleep well (laughs) because Mm -hmm. sleep is just so healing to me and to my family and i truly believe that that's why i do this because i just really truly believe that sleep is so important for the kids health memory everything so right. that's kind of what i do yeah and it's when okay my to little ones are sick yeah and it's, it's also okay to get them that sleep that we know they need in whatever way possible and you can revisit what you normally do when everybody's better because bend the rules when your kids are right for sure i'll be the first one to say it like when we're sleep training we can stop and then start again when they feel better like it's okay yeah i mean think about yourself when you have 
congestion, can't breathe through your nose or, you know, you wake up probably two or three times more in a night than you would typically. And a baby's no different, you know? So it's just like a couple off nights. And then like, if you pick up any unsustainable habits that you don't want, you just go back to what you know, and the kiddo remembers and everybody adjusts when they're feeling better for sure. Right. Right. I don't know. I just feel like with the kids, it's, you know, and I'm sure you probably feel the same, but the number one thing we want for our kids is safety and, and for them to be healthy. So I feel like do whatever you have to do when your kids aren't feeling well. If there needs to be extra cuddles, fine. If you need to pivot, fine. And know that, you know, nine times out of 10, kids recover, fine. And if there is a serious issue, you know, we're lucky we live in the day and age that we live in. We have modern medicine. We have hospitals to help us. If, if we need to go there, just, just know that there are many avenues and, um, I'm with all the parents right now. We're heading into flu season. It's um, September 21st today. So we're definitely heading into it and yeah. I'm not looking forward to it at all. Um, do you skip events during flu season or maybe not go to some stuff if you're worried about your kid's sickness, Lindsay? Or do you kind of just, yeah, you're like, whatever, I'll go. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe before they were in daycare, I would have said yes. But now I feel like like you said, they do have that coat of armor. So not typically, I mean, if my kids are sick, we're definitely staying home for sure. I think it's every parent's responsibility to be like, Hey, I know we're getting together for the football party, but little Johnny was throwing up last night or the day before. Like, I just think there's a really like, just don't be afraid to give parents the option. Be like, this is the information you can choose to still come, not come. I think that's really respectable. Hundred um, percent with anything, especially with COVID going around. Elderly people. Just recently, I had COVID and I was so upset about it, and I didn't even dawn on me that's what I had. I thought I just like had this really bad cold, and then we were supposed to host a Labor Day party, and I'm like, my grandpa's ninety three years old. Like, I need to test myself, mm. and it was a blazing positive, and so I had to let everybody know, obviously. So I think that's a really important piece to speak about is just stay home. There'll be another party. If you're sick right? or your kids are sick. Something, yeah. Yes, exactly. And like you said, when you go out of the house, you're rolling the dice. You could pick something up from the gas station, church, whatever. You can't stay home. I tell people this about traveling. Like You go out, you make memories, and sometimes there's some repercussions and everybody turns out fine. What about you? I mean... So, yes and no. I will be choosy if I want to be in yeah. anything, not just this. So, you know, I definitely think that we stay home more during cold and flu season. Last year, my son was very young. He was born in August and he wasn't even eligible for the flu shot because you have to be six months. So I was very cautious last year because, you know, RSV was going around, flu season, COVID, and I just could not have a newborn with that. Okay. Like I was hard no. So we oh. stayed home a lot. This year, I think, you know, it'll be similar but different. You know, he can get the flu shot. They're older now. You know, there definitely is a difference between a 13-month-old and a three-month-er, in my personal opinion. So we'll go places, but I won't lie when I say I'm, like, nervous about going to birthday parties that are at, like, those little indoor playgroup places where, like, 
you know, there's those things that they climb on and like ball pits and stuff. It's just like, I don't know. I don't like it. Miss <laughs> Bob. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I know we're gonna go eventually to those places, right? Kids gotta be kids. Like I went, I probably got sick every time. Yeah, I have Im- I have immunity from Chuck E. Oh, Cheese. I don't know gross. about you, but <laughs> but like, yeah. I mean, I think it's just important to teach good habits to your kids too um, from the beginning. So, like you said, yeah, you know, you your kids wash their hands the second they get home, and like my kids, they probably have a complex too because like we have alcohol wipes all over this house. I'm constantly washing their hands before they eat, before they, you know after they play after they come in from outside um and that's just kind of how i like to do things how i want to run it i don't think it's wrong if you don't excessively wash your kids hands like i do but it makes me feel better and you know i'm sure we'll we'll go to events but if i know somebody you know maybe had a cold or something or if it's at a place where i'm just like not comfortable to bring my children then I have no problem not going, honestly. I want my kids to stay healthy. Like, especially if I know we have like a holiday coming up that I want them to be healthy for or like something else. We'll stay home. It's okay. But definitely I'll pick the ones that I want to go to, right? Like close family members, birthday parties, or just like stuff that is important to me and my family will bend our rules and, you know, make sure our kids wash their hands and they're healthy and everything. And just honestly do the best we can. That's all we can do. Do the best Mm -hmm. we can make our choices for our family and don't, don't feel judged about it. You know, sometimes I'm not going to lie. Like people may judge me or us and be like, Oh, you don't go to this or that or whatever. And it's like, I'm just going to do what works for my family. I have three kids under three. I have twins, you know, like I have family members that are immunocompromised. I'm going to pass or I'm going to go if I want. And I'm okay with it. It took me a while to get there, but I'm there. And if anybody wants to talk about this on the side with me after you listen to this episode, I can really talk about this for a long time about what to say to those people who maybe are a little bit judgmental about not going to events for certain reasons. Yeah. I mean, we were team like dinner at five o'clock for years. Mm -hmm. So if dinner was not at that time, we weren't coming. And I was leaving early to put my kids to bed like at seven. And I know it didn't make sense to people. They would give me a hard time that they hadn't seen me. And it's like, I'm sorry. This is like, this is the season that we're in and you're not going to be at my house tomorrow. Right. You Do you want to come over and take care of the t- overtired kids? Because that's what will happen. Yep. So one last thing I wanted to ask you about, do you do anything preventative? Are you into like anything homeopathic when it comes to health? Like, what does that look like? So... I truly believe that sleep is the best medicine. Okay. I'm not even just saying that because I'm a sleep consultant and we're having this conversation on a, our podcast. That is really what I believe. Okay. So um, I definitely try to set up my kids for the best success and make sure they're as rested as they can be. Um, I definitely think that helps fight off illnesses. I don't really do anything crazy. Like I have a humidifier in the room. I think it helps a little bit. I just talked about how like I try to make sure my kids' hands are always clean or as clean as I can get them. But I don't do anything like outside of the norm other than, you know, maybe stay away from places during cold and flu season. What about you? Do you do anything? Do they take any vitamins or anything like that? Yeah. So we do a multivitamin and which I need help guys. We, we've always done the Smarty Pants um, vitamin primarily because it's just, it's not made with any like dyes or preservatives. 
and it has a um, probiotic, which is, I think, really important, especially when I'm dealing with a child that has like ear, nose, and throat issues. So I've just heard that you know your gut health is related to the ear, nose, and throat, and so with strep and ear infections, etc. So they took Smarty Pants for a long time, and then I finally switched to the big kid version. And I'm not lying that my daughter almost like regurgitated them back up because she said they tasted so bad. Okay. (laughs) And so it went from like a mixed berry flavor to grape. And I don't know if we got like a bad batch or whatever, but somebody sent me a message about the Smarty Pants kids because I need to find a new alternative. So we definitely do multivitamin. And then please don't laugh, but I am a firm believer in essential oils. And don't get me wrong, like I used to be way more into it than I am now, but there's particular ones that I really like to use for my kids and for myself. True story, I when I took Bryn in for her tummy issues, the doctor's like, so when you got sick, uh, how did you feel afterwards? And she goes, well, I felt fine because my mom put the tummy oil on me. <laughs> so and, I was like, and he like, he turns around, he kind of looks at me and I'm like, yeah, it's just like a, you know, um, essentially it's just like spearmint oil with like ginger. Mm-hmm. I've used it for my kids. It's not medical advice or anything like that. I just like having something kind of in my arsenal, sure, sure. like for home use. Mm-hmm. If I have gas or a bellyache, like I'm going to put some spearmint oil on my stomach. I need some of this. I need this. <laughs> oh, I'll give you some. It is a miracle oil. And I use it on myself. Like if, if I go out to dinner and I feel like I overeat or something didn't sit well with me, like I use this oil and it just, it alleviates stomach pain, cramping, nausea. So anyways, that's like what I typically really only use. That's not really a preventative. It's just more so like something I'm using when my kids like get constipated, things like that. We use the humidifier, but I guess that's really about it. But I just wanted to touch on that because I'm sure there's other moms out there that might know about the essential oil life. And honestly, I would love to hear about more natural methods that people do use um, that they feel works for them because it, I'm, it's very interesting to me. You know, if something's mm-hmm. definitely not going to hurt, then maybe I'd give it a try. I, I don't know. Right. Like the elderberry craze. Somebody, well, another twin mom, when I was struggling with Paige with the um, strep, she was like, hey, look into this probiotic. It actually just dissolves on their tongue and they will, it'll be like a preventative for her to get strep again. And I'm like, done. Check. Great. I'll buy like a mm-hmm. case of it. You know, like that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying like anything's a cure, magic potion or whatever, but it's really, I think, liberating to feel like not everything that you need is at the pharmacy. I have heard of this like old wives tale that I haven't tried. And I don't know if you've heard of it. And I don't know if there's any truth to it. Sounds kind of gross. Have you heard of this? When your kid is congested to put onion in their socks or like in their PJ or something like that. I think I saw that on Facebook the other day. And I mean, my kids have a cold right now. Uh, I didn't do it. And I don't know if I would, but have you heard of that? Is there any truth to that? Or does it just stink up the room? Uh, I think I've seen stuff on TikTok. Honestly, I do know a little bit about this because as you know, like I'm an avid sort of like time period fiction, like book reader. I've read almost all of the Outlander series. And so the main character is a quote unquote surgeon physician in like the 1700s. 
And so, yes, it's very, very common to be using sort of anti or like organic foods that have these like antimicrobial properties to them. So that would be like an onion or ginger, garlic. There was Mm -hmm. even like a part in the story where she somebody had an injury and she put like moldy cheese in it. I know this sounds really terrible. This is obviously the extreme, but back in the day you used what you had, yeah. You had, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think I got stung by a bee one time. My mom put an onion on it and I'm like what is this lady doing? Do her thing? So maybe it's the same kind of thing. Like, I think it draws out the illness or like it maybe evaporates the bad germs in the air. I, I don't know, but it sounds like a stinky bedroom yeah. to me. I don't know. I don't, know, know, I don't know if I'll be doing it either, but Hey, if it worked, maybe I would and just, you know, open the window the next day. <laughs> yes. I can't think of anything else that kind of is along those lines. If you guys know about anything, let us know, but I don't know if we'll be trying onions in the socks, but we're open to hearing what works for you sure, guys. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for listening. This is an important episode as we go into cold and flu season. If you're feeling anxious about it, we hear you. We see you. You'll make it through. Make the right choices to greet your family. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. If you liked this episode and conversation, be sure to leave a review or rating. Share it with a friend on social media or a family member. It's our goal to reach as many parents of multiples and singletons alike. You're not alone in your parenting journey. If you'd like to hear about a specific topic or have an episode idea, please feel free to message us. We're here to help.